بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبعد We all, as uh, human beings, the believer from uh, amongst us and the disbeliever, the righteous from amongst us from the wrongdoer, the just from amongst us from the oppressor, all have a uh, tendency, and it's universal. Each one of us has this. What this tendency is, is we have a preconceived judgment and perception of our own selves and if we were asked what do you like as a person we would give a list of characteristics uh, those characteristics are indicative of what we think uh, of ourselves and more often than not they are uh, characteristics that are virtuous that are good, uh, righteous, they are characteristics that we all wish to have adorned in our character and our personality. And for a Muslim, a lot of these characteristics are taken from the Quran and the Sunnah. So as a Muslim, we like to think of ourselves as true believers. We like to think of ourselves as those who rely and have tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We like to think of ourselves as those who strive in sincerity for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we are asked of our purpose in life, we all say our purpose in life is to worship Allah. All of us unanimously say this. And if we are asked about our character, we say, no, well, you know, we do some bad things, but we're generally good people. I'm a good guy. I'm generous when I, you know, when I need to be. Um, I'm forbearing. I'm kind. And we, these, these characteristics and these descriptions of ourselves, these goodly descriptions of ourselves, they tend to come out mainly when we are speaking to those who are already adorned with these characteristics. So when we sit in front of a sheikh, you know, we like to sort of talk about iman. <laughs> when we're sitting in front of someone who's like math- a mathematical genius, we'll make a sum up in our mind and. You know, one plus one equals two. Got it. If we are speaking to someone who is very sophisticated and uh, and quite, mashallah, um, very well spoken, linguistically inept, um, we will try and use big words. <laughs> so be like, this 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 situation perplexes me. Just say confused, bro. <laughs> right. So we all have a knack to uh, sort of to, to to show ourselves in a light that is uh, a lot better than it actually is. This uh, these characteristics that we perceive in ourselves and that we think that we that we have in ourselves, right? Uh, they only ever come to light and come to reality when we are tested, when we are pushed to the limits, when uh, thought prior thought to our actions is no longer an option when we don't have time to think about what we're going to say what's the right thing to say to the right person at the right time 
or the right thing to do at the right time it's only our reactions split uh, decision making split second decision making we have to make a decision there and then about what we're going to say and what we're going to do and it comes out naturally that is the nature that we have so when we are tested and we can be tested in any situation we can be tested with our money we can be tested with our family we can be tested at our work we can be tested with ourselves with our honor with our izza with our self-respect all of these things can be tested and all of these things these things are tested are we do we not go through life we are tested as a child you know we're bullied at school we have challenges that we face as adults is the same thing right just in a different playing field so these characteristics they come out at these times and it's at these times when we really get to know our true selves it's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throws us a curveball when we don't see it coming when we are truly in a difficult situation that is when our true selves come out we can claim to be as good or as bad we can claim to be as honorable or as dishonorable as we like but when push comes to shove when something or other hits the fan then that's when we know who we really are now check this out right how can we develop those good characteristics so say for example we want to be uh, we want to be generous but when we are tested with our wealth we find ourselves very greedy very miserly with our wealth when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know closes the dunya around us and we no longer have the flexibility to spend as we please and there are certain bills we need to pay and certain liabilities that we have then suddenly giving in sadaqah becomes a difficult ordeal it becomes a test and we find ourselves not as generous as we thought we were I thought I was as generous as the wind I thought I could give all the money in the world I thought I was like Abu Bakr al-Siddiq who brings all his wealth and relies only on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oh how far away I am from that guy radiallahu anhu right it happens it's happened to all of us every single one of us in this room and if it hasn't happened it will happen to you you will be faced with adversity and your very self will be questioned as to who you really are and how you really are the one thing that will save you in all of these instances has it a guess what do you guys think patience sabr kind of taqwa is very good taqwa is like a all encompassing everything underneath it umbrella okay but something a little bit more specific iman maybe okay these are all very generic and very general there's a lot of things that come underneath them i'm looking for something a little bit more specific i have one more guess tawakkul tawakkul is very good reliance on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's good but reliance you need to you need to get to reliance you need to get to tawakkul so how do you get to tawakkul it's like a uh, it's like a stepping stone or it's like a bridge or a bridge it's like a ladder or a stairway you have to take one step up one step up one step up at the very top is like iman and tawakkul those are the highest steps and very few are at the top of those steps right and we look up to those those are like our awliya and our ulama we look up to those as examples as to how they traversed that long stairway to get to the very top but you have to start from the from the bottom right and one of the first steps that we are all probably at i myself included is drum roll please dun, 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 dun. 
تدبر reflection contemplation strange how is that going to help you in times of diversity you're going through a really turbulent time really difficult you have to make a snap decision you have to really know what you're doing and you want me to reflect <laughs> imam sahab has gone crazy but no it is true reflection is the key to unlocking the potential that you have in you to do immense good and i'll tell you why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how many times uh, have we heard like an imam stand on this member or stand at the front and say, in the Quran we are told to reflect, in the Quran we are told to, to think, uh, in the Quran we are told to ponder. Many times and he'll go through, afala yatafakkaroon, afala yatadabbaroon, right? Afala yaqilun, all of these ayat and he'll go through all the examples, right? Okay. How many times does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, inna fi thalika la ayatin liqawmin yatafakkaroon? Verily, in that is a sign or signs for those who reflect, those who think, those who ponder. Many, many times, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that about a myriad of things in the Quran. Okay, we are instructed to uh, ponder and reflect upon the Quran, right? Uh, Do they not ponder regarding this Quran or are there hearts sealed up? Padlocked, tight shut. Yeah? Do they not think and reflect and ponder over this Quran? For if it was from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would have found in it many a contradiction. Right? So we are commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reflect upon this Quran. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveal to us? What are, the, what are the things that He reveals to us? He reveals to us about Tawheed, about how He is, and about the stories of the past and the Prophets and, uh, and so on and so forth. But what is another major thing that He reveals to us? One of the major things that He reveals to us, and it's scattered all over the Qur'an, is how we should be as Muslims. What are the characteristics that a Muslim should have? How to attain taqwa, how to traverse that stairway and get to the very top, how to achieve tawakkul in our lives. Yes? This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in many, many verses at the end of Surah Al Furqan, all in Surah Al Baqarah, everywhere, all over the Quran, many, many different ayat about the characteristics of a believer, right? The characteristics of the sabirun, the characteristics of the mu'minun. And he'll mention one, two, three, four, five, six characteristics. Ten characteristics in another place. Three characteristics in another place. All of these reminders as to how a person should be. These are all verses of the Quran, right? These are all ayat that we must ponder over and reflect and contemplate. If we reflect, contemplate, ponder over the verses of the Quran, we will be able to adorn ourselves with these characteristics that we think and perceive that we have. Yes? And we will not be like those who They love to be praised for that which they don't do yeah? Okay We go through things in life as well We go through difficulties and hardships One could say that What if I'm in a hardship And I haven't actually contemplated the ayat of, of the Quran before What am I to do in that situation? Am I just to allow myself to do wrong? Am I to allow myself to stay in that state? What do I do? Perhaps I don't have access to the Qur'an like you do, Sheikh. You understand Arabic. You've studied in Al-Azhar. 
you've gone through the necessary steps in order to make it your, uh, your life easy for you but I don't have that same access I can't sit there and contemplate for four hours uh, on the Quran or on one verse or go through the different tafsir and try to understand it I don't have that unfortunately at my disposal so what do I do in that situation well alhamdulillah Allah takes us through different situations in life we go through different difficulties right sometimes with our families sometimes with our brothers and sisters sometimes with our parents we go through difficulties at work we go through hardships in our financial uh, situations all sorts in these difficulties it's very difficult for one to to stay calm uh, for one to contemplate and see his own actions how he's feeling how he's thinking why he's thinking the way he's thinking right very difficult and you have to sort of train when times are easy in order to do well when times are tough right that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means by that those who give in times of ease and in times of hardship if you give in times of ease you'll be better equipped to be able to give in times of hardship but if you don't give in times of ease if you don't work hard in times of ease if you don't make rectify your own self when in times of ease kiss bye bye to rectifying yourself when times are tough right but when times are tough what do we do okay we do the best that we can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't burden a soul more than it can bear right so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't burdened you except with the characteristics that you already have right now so don't worry too much about that when it's gone and passed reflect have a think about what's happened what have I done? What have I said? What have I said to the other person that was potentially harmful? A little bit insulting perhaps. What could I say in future that could put me in a better situation than I was in before? How reactionary was I? How emotionally charged was I? Etc, etc, etc. That's contemplation. That's reflection. And what you would see and you would understand is the negative facets of your character. And then you are able to uh, build on that and rectify that the next time you are in a similar situation or worse. Yeah? That's how that works. What happens when you're in a difficulty with somebody else? So it's not your own self that you're questioning, but it's the other person that you're questioning. For example, someone, someone has a, a knack of bullying you, of bringing you down. Every time you go up, every time you're successful in something, he comes and he says something and he brings you down again. All right? And that happens many times. We all have some, someone like that in our lives. All right? He's like the, the, uh, the Abu Jahl. All right, for the Prophet He's like the Abu Jahl for us. <laughs> Everyone has an Abu Jahl. Or uh, Umu Jahl, right? <laughs> for the sisters, right? Allah Mustad. So everybody has, that, everybody has that in their lives. So what do we do in that situation when someone's rectifying that or someone wants to rectify that there is no way that you can control somebody else's character is there there's no way that you can sort of uh, be like the puppeteer uh, and cause them to be righteous all of a sudden for these sorts of people when we are faced with these difficulties uh, we have to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests others through us and tests us through others so just like this person is a test for us we are also a test for them right and it may be, he, it may be they, they, they're bullying you is because there is a characteristic in you that perhaps they don't like. Or it may be they're bullying you because of an oppressive characteristic that they have in their own selves. Now what responsibility do we have in that situation? 
the responsibility on the receiving end that we have is to stop their udwan. Unsur akhaka zaliman aw madluma. Help your brother. Come to the aid of your brother whether he is the oppressor or the oppressed. We understand the oppressed, right? Help the oppressed. But how do you help the oppressor? Do you help him in his oppression? No. But you help him to curb that oppression. That is the responsibility and that is your test that you are charged with. And you will only be able to do that if you are to reflect on your current state, on the state of affairs with this person, and then truly you'll be able to overcome that. Tafakkur and tadabbur. Very, very simple things. Very easy things that we can all do in our lives. And we all pretty much do it. Umar radiallahu anhu was one of the, uh, the forefathers of muhasabat al-nafs. And he was the one who used to go to sleep uh, or before he's... Uh, or oh, one of the famous statements of his is Hasibu anfusakum qabla an tuhasabu. Sah? Hasibu anfusakum qabla an tuhasabu. Take yourselves to account. Hold yourselves to account before you are held to account. What does that mean? That, that doesn't mean like, oh yeah, I've done this wrong, I've done that wrong, I've done that wrong. That's five things. I've done this right, I've done that right. It's only two. Ah, bad always the good. I've got to do better tomorrow. It's not like... <laughs> You're not an accountant of your deeds But what it means is Contemplate and reflect over your own self See where you are going wrong And rectify that wrong Yeah That's what it means You will only ever do that And you will only be able to do that If you take that first step And reflect And contemplate Such a simple thing Such a uh, Something that is so mundane Something that is so unrecognized And perhaps not given the importance that it actually deserves And this gives us a little hint guys This gives us a little bit of insight And a little bit of understanding As to why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Put so much emphasis on tafakkur and tadabbur It's not just the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We are contemplating Right? In yourselves are signs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Do you not see? If you reflect upon your own self, you are reflecting upon the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you reflect upon the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are open to the ilhamat. You are open to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance. You are open to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's nur. And with that nur and with that guidance in times of difficulty, that's what you need most. You don't need your intellect. You don't need your, your brute force. You don't need your money. What you need in those situations is the guidance and nur from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be able to make the right decisions in the clutch moments. Be a clutch person. Who watches basketball here? Anybody fan of basketball? Okay. I'll skip the uh, analogy then, inshallah. But be a clutch person. Remember that word, inshallah. Maybe there will be another Jummah would come where I use that analogy, inshallah. There will be someone in here that's into his basketball and I can use that, inshallah. Tafakkur and tadabbur is the key. Very simple things that we can all implement. And subhanAllah, one of the beauties of the sharia, and I'll finish on this inshallah. One of the beauties of the sharia that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted to us is that we have these values and we, we have these principles and these concept, concepts, right? Like taqwa, awareness of Allah. We have tawakkul, reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of these lofty concepts at the top of the, of the stairway, right? And we're trying to, to reach them. And sometimes we're, we're thinking that this is, this is just not for us, right? 
tawakkul, taqwa, all that sort of stuff, that's reserved only for the ulama. For us laymen, for us people who have like nine to five jobs and you know the working class, we're just, you know, we follow them in their footsteps and when they guide us, they guide us. If they don't, they don't, we just go through life and that's it. We meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we hope for the best. Right? That's kind of how it goes. But the best thing about the Sharia is that it gives us tangible real life uh, practical solutions that we can implement in our daily lives that aren't arduous, they aren't too difficult, they aren't uh, overbearing that we have to sort of take out five hours a day in order to do little things here and there that we can implement in our lives that make a massive difference when it really matters. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all instill in us the ability to reflect, to do tadabbur and do tafakkur and reflect in his signs and make us better people, rectify our characters, rectify our iman, make us stronger upon the Sirat al-Mustaqeem. May he guide us upon the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who had true tafakkur and tadabbur. May he guide us to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Yawm al-Qiyamah and raise us in his companionship. Ameen, Ameen, Jazakumullah khaira. الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله عليه وسلامه وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن استن بسنته أجمعين يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد عباد الله my dear respected brothers and sisters, tafakkur and tadabbur is one of the cornerstones of our iman. If we desire to become better Muslims and we desire to better our character, rectify ourselves in order to rectify others, then we must contemplate. We must focus. We must reflect. We must ponder on ourselves on the creation around us and in the revelation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down to us. Reflection, my dear brothers and sisters, is the key to opening up your true potential for goodness. If you are heedless and neglectful of your contemplation, you will live life continuously as you live it today and as you have lived it before and you will never progress. You will continue stagnantly, just like a sheep in his herd, in the field, walking around, 
aimlessly with nothing else in life except to be slaughtered and eaten. We as human beings have been charged and blessed with many things. And one of those things is our intellect. And our intellect is the tool in which we use to ponder. Now the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is the best of examples for us to follow. لَقَدَ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ For those who wish for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wish to meet him uh, on the day of judgment. Allah, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was the foremost when it came to tafakkur and tadabbur. There are many, many examples, many, many stories in which I can relate to you today. With regards to the reflection and contemplation of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We know that he used to go to Ghar Hira before even prophethood came to him. And he would spend hours, days, weeks in reflection there. And he would only come back to his family in order to take provision from them and go back to the cave in order to reflect and ponder. Now no one here is going to a cave. But there are other instances in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa life that resonate with us one of those stories is a particular story that I picked out just yesterday where the Prophet one day he was with his wife Aisha anha. and as you know the Prophet had many wives and he would go each evening to one of his wives and stay with them and this evening happened to be the evening of Aisha anha. and he sat with her and he turned to her and he said, Ya Aisha, Dharini ata'abbadullaha hadihi al-layla. Oh Aisha, tonight, let me engage in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aisha radiallahu anha turned to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said to him, Wallahi, inni la'uhibbu qurbak. Walakin, wa'uhibbu ma sarrak. That verily, I love being close to you, Ya Rasulullah. But I also love what makes you happy. So the Prophet ﷺ stood up, made wudu, and stood in prayer. A little bit of time went past, and he turned to Aisha radiallahu anha, and he said to her that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed a verse to him. لَقَدْ نَزَلَتْ عَلَيَّ آيَةٌ that an ayah, a verse has come down to me this evening. وَيْلٌ لِمَنْ قَرَأَهَا وَلَمْ يَتَفَكَّرْ فِيهَا وَيْلٌ لِمَنْ قَرَأَهَا وَلَمْ يَتَفَكَّرْ فِيهَا Wail is like uh, despair. Despair be upon the one who recites it but does not contemplate. Despair be, the, upon, be upon the one who reads it and recites it but does not think and ponder regarding it. What is that ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the Prophet in that evening? Uh, Verily in the creations of the heavens and the earth, the skies and the land, and in the day and the night are signs for Ulul Albab. For those who uh, have a closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيْلٌ لِمَنْ قَرَأَهَا وَلَمْ يَتَفَكَّرْ فِيهَا That is the shahid. 
that despair be the, upon the one who recites it but does not ponder on it. Not despair for the one who doesn't recite it at all. Seldom do we recite, do we get to Ali Imran, right? We get to like Surah Al-Ikhlas at the back of the Quran. Maybe get to the first bits of Surah Al-Baqarah, right? But seldom do we ever delve into Ali Imran, uh, Surah An-Nisa and go beyond. But this verse is at the end of uh, Ali Imran. And it is actually a sunnah to recite it. The Prophet Sallallahu used to recite it thereafter, after it was revealed, every single time he woke up. إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ وَيْلٌ لِمَنْ قَرَأَهَا وَلَمْ يَتَفَكَّرْ فِيهَا One day the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said to his companions رَكْعَتَانِ مُقْتَصِدَانِ فِي تَفَكُّرٍ خَيْرٌ مِنْ قِيَامِ لَيْلَةٍ وَالْقَلْبُ سَاهِنٍ That two units of prayer that are short praying two sunnah, two nafil uh, praying just before the Fajr prayer Two raka'ah Anywhere, anytime That are short You read a small, small surah You read whatever you know But you read it with tafakkur You stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In contemplation In reflection In connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Are so much better for you Than standing the entire night in prayer And your heart is sahin Distracted is much better than standing the entire night distracted in prayer. And for many of us, Tarawih uh, is a, <laughs> a prime example of that. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to have that tafakkur and that tadabbur in our hearts. May that be the forefront of our thought in everything that we do. May we see the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His creation. May we see the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in each and every one of us. And may we make that first step, the most important step, to rectifying our characters, rectifying ourselves. Ala wahiya, at-tafakkur, wa-tadabur. Aqulu qawli hadha, wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum mulisa'il muslimina fa-astaghfiruhu, innahu huwa al-ghafuru. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala wa ba'd. My dear brothers and sisters, there is a time on the day of Jumu'ah in which if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to be asked of anything, He will not leave the one who asks empty-handed. We don't know when that hour is. There have been reports that it is between the time that the Imam sits down, which is what I just did, and when he prays. There have been reports that it is just before the Fajr prayer. It is, there have been reports that it is just before the Maghrib prayer. In any case, the reason why it has been left ambiguous, and reason why it has been left open, is that we seek this hour throughout the day of Jumu'ah. So we don't just raise our hands now, but we raise our hands throughout the day. We don't just ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now, but we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the day. And one of the interesting things about asking is that you have to know what you are asking for. And in order to know what you are asking for, you have to have thought about it. You have to have reflected. You have to have understood whether what you are asking for is good for you or not. Whether you will benefit from it or not. Whether you need this thing in your life or not. We do this reflection 
every single time we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if we make more dua, if we connect more with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we raise our hands more often, how, how much more often do you think we'll be doing that reflection and that contemplation? Just the same way as when we recite the Qur'an. Just the same way as when we do our acts of ibadah. Brothers and sisters, I can't stress to you more how important it is that we stay connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We stay upright and we stay steadfast with our ibadat. We stay steadfast with our salah. And it is not something that is strange or something that is uh, out there that the Prophet wasallam encouraged his companions to make dhikr, encouraged his companions to uh, be steadfast in their salah, encouraged his companions to fast, voluntary fasts. This isn't just to become some uh, routine, left addict. It's not something to become just something that you do. It's not something that you do that you're cut off from society. That you worship here in the masjid and you are outside, whoever you are outside. You are at work, whoever you are at work. But as soon as you come to the masjid, the hat is on, the, uh, the clothes are worn, the Allah Akbar is there, and the mashallah, and the bismillah, and all of the words are being used. But the heart is empty as soon as you leave this building. No, brothers and sisters. There is a reason why the Prophet ﷺ emphasized all of these things. Because in these things, we do all of those actions, all of those things that allow us to adorn ourselves with these characteristics. And in our everyday life, we do nothing of that. In fact, we do the very opposite of that. Our life is hustle and bustle. Our life is all about getting money. Our life is all about being distracted. It's all about making others happy. It's all about getting other people off our backs. It's all about doing what is easy, what brings us joy, without looking at the consequences of what happens to wider society. That is what our lives is. It's all about the hustle. That's all it is. Where are we going to find time for contemplation in that? We are not. That's why it is a mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided us to Islam. That is why it is a mercy that He has prescribed and ordained upon us these actions that we must do. It is an obligation. That is why it is a mercy that not doing these things is a sin. And we are supposed to abstain from them. Why? In order to rectify our character. I have only been sent. One of the only reasons why the Prophet ﷺ has been sent. I was only sent to rectify. To correct, to perfect good manners. And we can only do that. We can only ever do that, my brothers and sisters, if we take that first step, reflect, ponder, understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us. Understands the se- understand the secrets of why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained these things for us. We just came out of Ramadan not too long ago. We have just come out of the Hajj season just like yesterday. These actions are pillars of Islam. We go through them, we go past them, no reflection, no contemplation. There's something that we do, we've done them, and that's it. Understanding why. Why on earth has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordained for us five daily prayers throughout the day? Why do I find it in me that I have to have that obligation? There are secrets in the prayer that are just waiting to be unlocked. And the second that you unlock them is the second that you unlock the secret to the human character. 
and is the second that you are able to rectify yourselves and those around you. So there is an hour, brothers and sisters, that if you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will not leave what you ask empty-handed. So we raise our hands and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely from the bottom of our hearts to forgive our sins. Allahumma ghfir lana dhunubana. Allahumma ghfir lana dhunubana. Allahumma ghfir lana dhunubana. Wa israfana fi amrina. Wa thabbit aqdamana. Wa ansurna ala man aadana. Allahumma rzukna makarim al-akhlaq. Allahumma rzukna makarim al-akhlaq. Allahumma rzukna makarim al-akhlaq. Allahumma ahdina. واهد بنا وجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا وجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم ثبتنا على صراط المستقيم اللهم ثبتنا على صراط المستقيم اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اغفر لنا وأهلنا يا رب العالمين اللهم احشرنا في زمرة الأنبياء والصديقين والشهداء والصالحين اللهم ارزقنا الجنة الفردوس الأعلى يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا غفور الرحيم آمين آمين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكروا الله العلي الجليل يذكركم واشكروه يزدكم ورذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقيم الصلاة